Next up on Talk Zone is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Are you concerned about your job? Concerned about losing it? Concerned about not having the tools needed to reinvent your career or to reposition yourself in the workplace? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, or even if you just want to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, then join the conversation right now on Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Now, here are your hosts, Charlie and Eva. Hey, welcome everyone. Today is Monday, December 7th. Yes, it is. 4 p.m. Eastern. And another edition of Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva Live. And the mission of our show is to use all our collaborative power to make a difference in the workplace, even as one person, which morphs into your life and then the world. It's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing, isn't it? Yes. Yes. It's just like the Well of Balsam commercial. So don't date yourself. Right, I tried not to. Guys, I, I just saw it in some archives. Oh. <laughs> so, you know, just take a break. You know, a lot of, lot of angst out there, holidays. There's I don't want to say the, there on top of the holiday P word, you know, and the, and some of the other stuff. So just, um, at the end of the day, right, we have to proceed with what we do. Yes, we do. And, and that's for everyone. Right. So, you know, we try to help as best we can. I, I want to say, um, last week, hey, 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 we had a unbelievable guest and I encourage everyone to just talkzone.com, hit the business channel, bring up last week's show and uh, listen and meet our guest. And I'm saying that because it seems every week the Guest bar gets higher and higher. I was just going to say that because every week we say the same thing, right? It's getting a little old because every week we love our guests because we do love our guests every single week. It's always, always fun and always, always great. I mean, it really is. It's amazing. Um, yeah. And I'm going to introduce our guest in a second. Um, I, I wanted to share that I posted something earlier about... Um, was it nice? I get pumped about this because... Mm. Uh, and we'll go into the conversation once we uh, start talking, but reinventing your career is one thing. Mm. Doing it successfully is another story altogether. A whole other ballgame. Yeah. Um, you know, you're talking about um, something that's really challenging, and if you can have someone to learn from, this might be the perfect guest. And then, of course, you also get to share all of the other gifts that our guest brings. And, and you know, you can use her as a coach and everything else. So well, all of her expertise. All of her expertise. And we'll mm-hmm. go over that in a second. Um, are we okay? Are we good? Yes, we're good. We're okay. Perfect. How are you? I'm well, thanks. That's good. <laughs> um, all right. So kind of excited because we did meet our guest. Um, I would like to introduce... And please forgive me, I'm going to say your last name as it's spelled, Catherine. So I would like to introduce a very, very special guest, wellness and leadership expert, Catherine Kemp Guy-Lay. How'd I do? You got it. Excellent. Perfect. <laughs> I coached him beforehand. <laughs> um, no, uh, Catherine, first, welcome to Corporate Talk with Charlie Neva, and, and thank you so much for uh, giving us the time. Um 
you know, we did meet uh, a while back and um, we do have common ground that we can go over. But first, please share your website information so people can follow along. Sure. So I have several websites, but probably the most uh, pertinent for today's discussion is mountainmantras.com. Perfect. Okay, mountainmantras.com. And uh, so tell us about that right off the right off the bat. Yeah, so Mountain Mantras is actually the name of my new book and it's interesting. I love the idea that we that you were just talking about in terms of reinventing your career because it's my story it seems so disjointed, but it's so fun because in writing this book, Mountain Mantras, what I saw was that seemingly unrelated events in my life actually built together to be this wonderful puzzle that I was finally able to resolve. And I love this idea. I think Steve Jobs was a big proponent of using it. It's called associative fluency, and it's looking at things that that seemingly don't fit together. If you were to put them on a scatter plot, they would not have, you know, a high correlation. Um, But what you can start to do if you're a creative person, and I think a lot of the people listening to the show are thinking about, you know, how how they can make a next step in their career and how they can do that in a creative way. A lot of times it's actually putting together things that seemingly are unrelated and they actually are related and then come together in this beautiful picture. Um, So I call myself a recovering management consultant (laughs) who then – turned into a um, founder and executive director of a nonprofit organization. In the meantime, probably my most important and most impactful job was my being a mom. <laughs> so that's in the mix there. And now being an author and speaker. So, you know, how are those all, all related? Oh, boy, they are. <laughs> um, no, I agree. But um, what did you just say? Associative fluency. fluency. That, And you described it as stuff we've learned in the past that we had no idea was going to help us in the future? Is that kind of true? I think so. I think that that's our job as we look at reinventing our career or reinventing ourselves is to look back and, and, and say, wow, okay, I've, I've had all these experiences maybe as a parent and I've had maybe experiences in you know, the nonprofit world and in the corporate world or, you know, maybe on in, in, in the athletic world. I mean, there's all yeah. the different playing fields that we're on, but they actually are very much related. And I think as we start to almost meditate, I mean, I know that's kind of a woo-woo world word, mm-hmm. but, you know, just really focus on what we learn from those different areas, we can start to put together a picture that says, wow, these are my gifts. You know, these are my passions. This is what... I can bring to the world and being able to match that with a critical need in the world, I think is what reinventing ourselves is all about. Well, okay. So oh, I love that. Um, yeah. yeah, that's really good. And yeah, I have to say, right. Be, you know, first off, we're really, we take pride in the fact that we get to meet 99% of our guests. And so when we met you, Catherine, um, you were sharing these um, leadership um, skills that you have and you were talking wellness and and then you mentioned that you had a prior career and I'm only mentioning this because 
I was a little surprised because you were so well grounded and you had so much ownership of what you were doing right now that you would never think that you transitioned into this from something else. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, that was, so whatever you, whatever hard work it took, you did a fantastic job. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, how did you actually make that transition? What made you, I know, I know it's in the book, but let's talk a little bit about what made you actually leave management consulting to then go into wellness. You know, and it's, and I, one of my passions truly is, is helping women because I think we do have this point in our lives when we have families that's so disruptive. And you know, then we, we want to have it all, but frankly, you can't. I don't believe you can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think you have to, you know, balance is something that's dynamic and then the minute that you get into it, you fall out of it again. Um, so part of, of, of successfully making a transition is number one, just understanding that it's not going to be easy and that it's not going to be in balance. That sometimes you will be falling, you know, I like to use the word falling forward, you know, that let's embrace our, um, I, you know, I had some mantras, embrace a yard sale, which is, you know, basically when you're skiing and you fall and you lose all your, all your equipment. But I'm really trying to get people to understand that embracing the failures is such an important part of, you know, coming into, you know, owning your success. And if you look at the most successful people in the world, <laughs> you find that they are, that the stepping stones that they've used to get to that moment are, are, potentially perceived as huge failures. Um, you know, one of my favorite examples being Dan Harris, who was an anchor on Good Morning America and had a meltdown, just a panic attack in front of 5 million viewers. And that led him to this you know, incredible study of meditation and mindfulness. And he, as a result of this, quote, unquote, failure, um, became so much better at his career, and he wrote one of my favorite books on mindfulness called 10% Happier. That book would have never existed had it not been for that failure. Um, so I think part of you know embracing where you're at is understanding, number one, that it might not always look pretty, and number two, understanding that it might not always look linear. I think we get so stuck in this idea that I go to school, I get this resume, I did this experience, and, you know, one thing is just sort of linear A, B, C, D. Um, I think we need to give up on that model because life just isn't that neat. It's not that organized. Right, and especially now, everything is just changing and turning upside down all the time. Yeah, it's not that organized at all. I mean, there was a time that, you know, you could step into a corporation and, you know, stay there for 30 years until you got your gold watch. But those times are pretty much over now. And I like what you were saying about the um, associative fluency because what that does and what that means is, is that those are all the pieces, like you were saying, that you really enjoy. And when you start putting all those pieces that you really enjoy, you can start creating a career that you might actually really like and want to actually stay in for the rest of your life, right? Wouldn't that be something? And, but you're right. It's not easy. It's not easy, especially if you make a huge transition from, you know, like you did from management consulting to wellness. I mean, that's a big shift. And yes, you, all of your management consulting skills, I'm sure really were helpful, but yet it's still not helpful enough to make that shift. I mean, there's going to be times when you just have to fail to make it through. Hmm. 
Yeah, I do believe in the concept of sort of having to walk through the fire sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, the other side. And for me, you know, I loved my career in management consulting. I loved working with, you know, companies like AT&T and, and Siemens and Motorola and, you know, working with really the, the best of the best and, and solving incredibly complex problems. Um, but like I said about, you know, being a mom, it just didn't all fit together. It wasn't doable. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I went through a period... You know, when I was staying home with my kids and I had um, gone back to school for my um, nutritional counseling degree, and, you know, I was actually unhappy. Like, I thought it was postpartum depression. Like, I didn't know what. I was just in a bad place. And I went to go talk to my grandmother at the time, and she um, she was 90-something years old and in a um, in a assisted living um, home, and I went to visit her, and, and she could tell that and she and I had always been very, very, very close, and she's just a wonderful, you know, sage personality. And she could tell that something was going on with me, and she asked me three questions. And she said, you know, she called me Kathy instead of Catherine. <laughs> she said, Kathy, you know, what are you really passionate about? What do you love? And that's really when I started to, you know, remember when I was a child running through the hallways of of the Chicago Medical School, believe it or not, I was fascinated in that whole world of nutrition and science. Mm. And so I realized that was my passion. And she was very um, religious. And so she said, what are your God-given gifts? Because she believes, and I believe whether you want to use God or goddess or universe or all that is or, or whatever, you know, I believe each of us does have special gifts that we bring to this earth and we have we have special things that we're meant to do but you know getting in touch with those I think um, is something that we all need to spend a little time doing so I spent some time and she didn't expect an answer when we were talking um, I spent some time thinking about it and I think that those skills that I was using in consulting around um, you know project management and organization and and flow those mm-hmm. are my gifts and I also love to communicate and I love to write. So I kind of said, okay, nutrition, passion, you know, and then these gifts, you know, what's the critical need in the world? And I, this was the time when, you know, all the studies were coming out around diabetes and, and just what was going on in our country. And so I just dived into that world. And you said, you know, you could really tell that I owned it because I did take, you know, my passion and my, and my skills and I put it towards a need in the world. And that really is, you're getting this country back on track and getting us back to a place where we feel good, uh, where we're healthy, where we have energy. And that's really my mission. I mean, I'm on a mission. <laughs> I love it. And yeah. um, I also love the hope that we can see and, and learn from you that um, it's okay to transition into something we really love if, you know, we're not loving what we're currently doing. It's just unbelievable. Right. But uh, even more important than that is all of the skills that you have, Catherine, around nutrition, and uh, which we want to hear more about, right? And, of course, we want to go into the book a little more um, mountain mantras. 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 <laughs> okay, this is really cool. Um, I'm a little jealous, but I think uh, I think we have a lot to learn. <laughs> and um, we're going to take our first break, but we're going to come right back. So please stay with us, everyone. We'll be right back.
Care Certification in the Workplace is the award-winning shared leadership training seminar that will revolutionize your career and position you as the go-to person in your organization regardless of your job description. CARE is the acronym for Courage to Take Action Relevant to Everyone. This means your new workplace mission is to deliver results for the good of the company, but not at the expense of others. Up until now, CARE certification was only available through company-sponsored seminars. But now you can become CARE certified in the workplace on your own time. Order Module 1 today and begin the transformation. There's unlimited opportunity in the workplace today, provided you have the right strategy. Becoming CARE certified is the right strategy. For more information and to order, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. And now, let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Thanks for staying with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our guest today is Catherine Kemp-Guilet, and she has quite a resume. She's the founder and executive director of Nurture, a nonprofit organization dedicated to improving nutrition and wellness of children and families. Um, she's also a principal at Healthy Solutions of Sun Valley, a certified nutritional counselor, counselor and successful management consultant, and she has also written a book, which we were discussing earlier, called Mountain Mantras, Wellness and Life Lessons from the Slopes. So, Catherine, let's talk a little bit about how mountain mountain mantras came into being, because... Not only did you switch careers, you also switched locations and became a skier, which is amazing. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was talking about how seemingly unrelated things can actually fit together to become a very harmonious puzzle. And that was a very unexpected piece of my own puzzle, was to move from Chicago, where we had been for 15 years. That's where I had my management consulting career and my husband was in the finance sector. We, our kids were both born there. And we decided one day, actually after watching a film called The Race to Nowhere, which is um, certainly worth watching. It really does have to do with, um, you know, how life isn't always so linear and um, <laughs> organized mm-hmm. anymore um, and how our kids are going to have to, um, you know, be prepared for that and mm-hmm. and how we might not be preparing them. I mean, what we were, what you had said, Eva, about you know, corporations taking care of us, you know, you were you work there for, you know, X number of years and then you retire and that's it. You know, that's just not happening anymore and so our kids need to right. be much more dynamic. Um, but so we moved to Sun Valley about four ish years ago and <laughs> I had to learn how to ski because I had to keep up with my family and let me tell you, that was like an accelerated classroom of overcoming failure, of facing fear, mm-hmm. and and just using all the positive psychology that I had learned in management consulting, and it just put it to the test. <laughs> wow. Yeah, because, I mean, especially in a place like Sun Valley, I mean, that's not bunny hill skiing. That's like big-time scary skiing. <laughs> Yeah, and the other thing that's interesting about Sun Valley is we have a high density of really incredible athletes here. So when you're on the hill, you're with Olympians and X Games skiers. I mean, and so we, when you you know join the women's program here, you find out, oh my gosh, you've been in the in the Olympics twice. You know, wow. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, I'm not worthy. You know, sort of um, right. you're, it's 
terrifying in that regard. Uh, but what I learned not only is that these people are completely normal, just like the CEOs of the world. I mean, when you approach them, there's so many lessons that you can um, gain from them. And it's in that similar you know, vein of what I was saying about how I started to put this all together. That became this piece where it was like, wow, this this positive psychology, this need of overcoming fear, the need of not looking at things linearly, and the need just to, I, I call it throwing yourself down the mountain, uh, which sounds risky, but if you have everything in place, it's really all about committing. And skiing taught me, you know, to basically apply and to practice so many of the things that I had been using um, as techniques in management consulting, in running a nonprofit organization, and working with tens of thousands of people and helping them to overcome wellness issues. But you still had to have the courage to commit. Absolutely. And that's what we need truly as a nation is we need to commit to whether it's, uh, you know, making a re- you know, re- reinventing ourselves in our, in our career. That's one commitment we need to make to, to putting together the puzzle that we were talking about. We all need to commit to thinking through what are the different parts of my life that could come together to make this beautiful picture because we do all have this mosaic. And then what's the commitment we need to, to, to be the best version of ourselves? And I do think that that is a mind-body-spirit um, thing. I think that we can't forget any of those elements, and so we have to take care of ourselves. Oh, I think that's so true. And, you know, when you were talking about that in your group, you had former Olympians, right? What the first thing I thought of was you have to up your game. It's it's one thing when you're just skiing with people that aren't that great. It's another thing when you're skiing with people that are the best in their field. And I would think that just being in the presence with them really shifted a lot of your thinking and really helped you become a much better skier, which then in turn helped you become a much better wellness counselor and, you know, executive director of your organization. Hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what, what, um, and they always say, if you want to be, you know, say just tennis, you know, if you want to become a good tennis player, don't play against poor players, <laughs> play against right. really great players because it'll make you better. And so I think that was, that definitely go that is a factor. However, another sort of, side of the coin is that as you get to know these types of people, they come off the pedestal and you start to, as you start to talk to them, you find out that they're, they are normal people that live normal lives. And when you ask them what their quote unquote secrets are, they are really basic and they're things that all of us can do. And that's what was so inspiring to me is like, wait a minute, you're saying that your nutrition tip, you know, your secret is to eat a rainbow of fruits and vegetables. We can all do that. (laughs) Right. No, it's like, That's oh, great. Jean-Claude, is that a limp I see in your gait? You know, uh, and it's true, right? We're all at some point in time equal. Well, and everybody has fear and everybody has doubt and everybody has their ways of getting over it. And I think it's cool that you were then able to take that information and then using your background, you know, then pulling it together and, and creating it in a format that makes it really accessible for the reader. Yeah. Right, because, you know, we talked about the, the critical need that I really connected with, and that's the, what's happening in our nation with the rise of diabetes and other nutritionally related disease. So the, I, I sort of have grasped on to that as, okay, that's the critical need that I'm going to address. How, however, I think that I don't want to be out there you know, beating people over the head with tips and saying, don't do this, and I'm judging you about this. And I think mm-hmm. that some 
nutritional advice, although well-meaning, can come across that way. And mm-hmm. again, and, you know, using the idea of, of bringing together sort of a mosaic of experience, what I learned from working with you know, my management consultant teams is that there is this positive psychology that's needed. You can't go in to an organization and say, man, you guys are really messed up here and you'll never get it right. And that's or that you know everything and you, you're the answer of all problems, right? It's right. the same thing. <laughs> You just, you know, that's not the way to, to facilitate change. You know, you, you have to be positive. And so that's really my, that was my goal. And that was the driving force around actually putting this book together was I wanted to create an actionable, you know, um, positive framework for people having success in their life. Yes, around wellness too. And part of that meant me stepping off the pedestal. You know, people think, oh, she's a nutritionist. I bet her family eats perfectly. (laughs) And I tell them about all the stories, about all the mistakes I've made. And that's okay. And here's what we can learn from it. And here's how we can all do simple things to feel our best and to be most successful. No, because I, I love it because it pulls together both. It's not just talking about nutrition. It's talking about wellness Wellness is the key word because it's wellness as a whole. So when people think wellness, sometimes they think diet and exercise, but it's more than that. It's um, And that's what you put in the book. It's more than just diet and exercise. It's also mindset and environment and how you're looking at life and the positive psychology. So that's what makes this book so different. And then plus using the metaphor of skiing, it's totally different. I've never seen a book that uses that metaphor. And I think it's terrific. And so why don't we like, before the break, take one of the first mantras and like, let's look at that so that people can kind of have an idea of what the book's about. So in the first, the first mantra is change your lens on life. And what does that mean exactly? So that's really just sort of a plan, the whole wording around, you know, having rose colored glasses. So all the mantras do have, you know, the differentiation of the book really is using skiing as a metaphor. Although you don't have to be a skier or a snow sports person to, to enjoy the book, but that's sort of the t- differentiation point. So change your lens on life is really about, you know, sort of, okay, what if I took my negative infused goggles and <laughs> tossed them aside and instead put on these wonderful kind of rose-colored glasses and how would the world treat me back? Well, you know what? It would be different. And I see this whether you're in sports, you know, the people that show up and they go, oh, it's going to be a terrible day and I'm going to be cold and I'm going to fall. Well, guess what they do? You know, and then you have the people that show up and they're just happy to be there and they want to be with their friends and family and they have a great time. So it happens in sports. It happens in business. Oh, my gosh. You know, one of my best mentors was the guy that said, please do not bring your personal problems of your cat throwing up or the taxi driver or whatever to the client meeting. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's just so basic, but so but so true and so powerful because that's how you start the meeting off. You either start it off with, boy, I had the worst trip. Do you all want to hear about it? No. (laughs) Or you start it out with, okay, we are going to do some amazing things here. And that builds on itself like a snowball Um, or wellness. And, you know, and, and, and the analogy there would be, you know, when we beat ourselves up and we say, oh, I shouldn't have eaten that or I should exercise more or or whatever, like that's just not good for us. We need to start out by by loving ourselves and and, and seeing food as fuel and, and eating foods that give us energy. 
No, I love that. And, you know, it's so true. I don't think that we can spread this message enough. And I don't think that we can share it in enough different ways so that it starts to resonate with people. I keep trying to tell people, and that's what you're doing in the book, is that you're the one that can shift the vibe in the room. You're the one that can shift the vibe in your life. And I loved the fact that in the book you talked about how you were the one You got the award for like best attitude in your skiing group because even though you were banged up and bruised, you still came with a big smile to every single class. And and you know what? I was I was probably one of the worst skiers. Like I I didn't have the skills, but it didn't matter. I was just happy to be there. And then you know when I got that award, the best attitude award, it's like it's like a prominent. I look at it every morning, you know, and it keeps Mm. going and it's. It's part of that snowball effect. The positive begets the positive begets the success. And mm-hmm. let's get away from you know the negativity that begets the problems that begets the lack of success. No, it's perfect. It's perfect. And so we're going to continue talking about this, but we have to take our second break. So stay with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our guest today is Catherine Kemp Guilet. We'll be right back. Charlie Labosco is an author, speaker, and trainer with over 40 years' experience in the corporate workplace. Contact Charlie today to interact, influence, and inspire others in your organization. Whether it's a one-hour keynote presentation or a five-day training seminar, Charlie is available to speak on many topics, including making a difference in the workplace, even as one person, building shared leadership teams, and his signature award-winning seminar, Care Certification in the Workplace. Charlie speaking at your organization will make a difference on day one. For more information and to book Charlie, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on Talk Zone. Excellent. Welcome back, everyone. Um, this is segment three, and our very special guest this week is wellness and leadership expert, Catherine Kemp Guilay who's sharing her not only career reinvention, but her unbelievable um, skills on wellness and leadership. You know, Catherine, um, first of all, first let me just say the book um, Mountain Mantras is available at mountainmantras.com, right, Catherine? That's correct. Yes, thank you. And, um, you know, I'm telling everyone I get really charged when I um, see – things like this available, tools that inspire, right? Um, and there's a lot of good stuff in there. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just think it's great. You know, I keep going back, Catherine, to the character. And I don't know if you attribute that to the associative um, influence. Fluency. Fluency, like you <laughs> mentioned earlier. But, I mean, you know, when you hit the slopes as a novice, and see these people and to, you know, stand there eye to eye and then learn from those experiences. I mean, you know, there's some, there's some toughness there. There's some strong, uh, character and backbone there. And, uh, and I want everybody to understand that as well. I mean, um, well, because it's a mountain. It's yeah. Not, you know, it's slope sounds gentle. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and I know that you were on the mountain, which is scary. No, it's just, uh, it's just incredible. 
Um, I have to go off topic if it's okay, kind of. Go ahead. Uh, okay. So, Catherine, I know um, we have some uh, stuff on you, which is phenomenal, but I also see managed to see a picture with uh, Michelle Obama. And can you share that with us? Oh, sure. She is one of my heroes because she took on the food pyramid <laughs> and right. is continuously taking on a school food lunch, which is something that makes me sad. I mean, in this country, what we feed our kids in institutions, and it's all based on, you know, the fact that we as a nation spend the lowest uh, percentage of our income on food, and so we've we've learned to expect that food should be cheap and, you know, that we should be able to feed um, children school lunches for, you know, less than $2 per head. And so, you know, it really comes down to buying subsidized foods that are usually frozen and not fresh. And so, I mean, I think that's a problem. A lot of children in this country and, I, and with Nurture, I've worked with so many low-income families. They're getting a lot of their nutrition from their school, from the school yeah. breakfast program, from school lunch. Yeah. Um, so I've always, I just, I love Michelle Obama for having taken on school lunch as a as an agenda item because it is supercharged, meaning like you got to take the talk about overcoming fear, throwing yourself down the mountain, man. And she got right into the um the bullpen um with the USDA and and throughout the pyramid and, and 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 now we have my plate, which is a huge step up um in terms of allowing all of us to understand, you know, eat, eat half your plate should be fruits and vegetables super simple eat protein eat whole grains like it's so much easier than that pyramid thing that i think messed up either it messed people up or they didn't understand it um so i had the opportunity to to meet michelle obama a a few years ago she had an event um called the healthy kids um, date lunch dinner and she honored a child and their parent or guardian from each state so there was you know 50 of us there and you know or 100 and we all had lunch with her in the state dining room, which was amazing. We, um, she had fruits and vegetables, you know, in edible art forms and, and truly the most delicious lunch. And President Obama came, which I think shows his dedication to her agenda and, and spoke and just said to the kids and said to the people in the room, go out and be ambassadors to your community. We need to tackle this problem. And um, so I just think she's inspiring and wonderful for all that she does. That's really cool. It's really cool. But you're so right. I mean, there's so much pushback on eating right. And I guess I don't fully understand it. I understand it up to a point about the cost. But on the other hand, I mean, how can a child learn if they aren't fed correctly? I mean, it's almost impossible. Yeah. Right. Right. And our palates develop and then we start to expect the kind, you know, from a biochemical Mm -hmm. standpoint, we are craving the fat, the sugar and the salt. I mean, and it's just, you know, we've seen it light up in the brain in the same way that tobacco, you know, is addictive. Those, you know, flavor points are have the same addictive qualities. So it's really about starting young, starting early, developing a healthy palate. And, you know, on that, my plate, you know, which has half your plate, fruits and vegetables, lean protein and whole grains. I don't see fat, sugar, or salt all over it. So, you know, <laughs> it's just, it's, a, it's, I love to think that kids are seeing that every day in the hallways of their schools. Yeah. What I, what the other point I want to make here is this is an unbelievable example of you, Catherine, living your mission and not just 
and I don't mean this negatively, right? Not just going through the motions and say, well, I transitioned my career, I wrote a book, you know, you are truly living your mission and it, you, we can tell that it's very important to you. And, you know, again, congratulations on that. And also congratulations on the uh, recognition from the first family, because I think that's really cool. It's really important. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Um, I, I have to ask, again, maybe off topic, but are men getting this as well? I mean, uh, to me, this is a tremendous, inspiring story, I think the book would really be helpful. And learning about nutrition, I think is, I mean, you can't put a price on that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think maybe if we can get more men involved, I think that would even get more recognition towards this. I don't know. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I do think, I mean, I wrote the book definitely for, for both genders, and I had about 30 beta readers, and they were they were on purpose half female, half male. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because you, you had mentioned earlier in the show about wellness being very holistic, meaning it's not just about activity and nutrition. It's about mind, body, spirit. And I had originally had some of the yoga and mindfulness tips kind of sprinkled throughout the book, you know, woven into the mantras. <laughs> and the men beta reader said, take it out, please. It's distracting. Um, so, you know, it's interesting how there is a difference in the male and female brain. We do know that um, and what, the, you know, they tend to have different activities and there are many um, fewer men yoga practitioners and mindfulness practitioners. So I felt like it was very important to leave yoga and mindfulness in the book, but I took it out for the men <laughs> and put it in the appendix so that it didn't distract them and and my male um, beta readers were, were happy with the way that it was when once the yoga and mindfulness was taken out. But yes, I do think that men play a very important role in this whole movement. A lot of men are, are doing the cooking in, in the house. My dad was, you know, really a, a key person in our kitchen. And I think it's important for men to have the tools to overcome issues around, you know, how do I create healthy um, meals on a budget? How do I do it on a time budget? Meaning, you know, and I'm a big advocate of putting stuff in the slow cooker before you leave for work and mm-hmm. recognizing that that healthy eating isn't about somebody staying home all day. No way. It's about having mm-hmm. a full life and having a career and and then also being, you know, being able to have the tools to make these healthy meals quickly. Um, but that requires a little bit of know-how. And so that's really what I wanted to share in the book. And so, yeah, I think it's a book for both for both genders. And people do often ask that. I was just at a book signing the other day and, and I talked about some of the things in the book, especially around leadership and you know, references to Stephen Covey and, and other leadership um, you know, books. And they were like, okay, this sounds pretty good. I'll, I'll go for it. <laughs> so it's yeah. Cool. Uh, and again, it's mountain mantras, mountain mantras.com. Mm-hmm. And um, it should be kept on your lap. Right. Um, and you should just use it as reference. Um, okay. So you were, you mentioned a few seconds ago, um, about leadership. And I also know you discuss what skiing tells us about leadership. I'm just, how do we make that connection, you know, which will help us understand the book a little better? Yeah, I mean, and again, I, I refer to skiing as this, um, it, you know, accelerated classroom. And I'll give you an example. And this actually was a story. I was, I heard the story while I was writing the book, and my husband was there and like nudging me, going, "That's a perfect story for your book." 
So we had gone to a talk by an organization called Wild Gift, and information about Wild Gift is at wildgift.org. And what they do is they take uh, young entrepreneurs out into the backcountry for two weeks at a time, and they also provide other support during the year, but they have several trips. And it's basically about unplugging. It's about getting out of your comfort zone. It's about, you know, really just taking time to see the big picture, to zoom out, you know, to really get away from those, like, annoying to-do lists and the texts and the emails and all that and be more strategic. And so it's a phenomenal program that I think really creates a lot of change. So, and I think nature, by the way, is an, a fantastic instructor. So, so we had heard somebody that had just come back from one of these backcountry experiences talking about, oh my gosh, what it was like to have to turn on the slopes in the backcountry. And one of the things is that you have to get your weight forward. That's the whole throw yourself down the mountain. You can't sit on the back of your skis because then your weight is in the wrong spot. You'll accelerate and fall. So this guy was saying, I had to just learn to just commit and commit. And with like, once I was done committing, I had to commit again. And then he said it finally, after so many, you know, months of being at a stagnant, a stagnant point in his business career, he realized that that's what he was missing as the ingredient. He went back to his startup organization and committed. You know, the, he needed funds. He needed to make some, some movements um, in a very aggressive way. And I talked to him six months later, and he had just been on TED Talks. Um, you know, he was invited oh, wow. to share his vision about how learning to commit had put him in a leadership position. He had, he's now the... Um, he, he's a, he has a compost facility that takes waste from all over the um, the northeast part of the of the country, including universities like Brown, and they turn that waste into incredible compost that can be used, um, you know, to create better soil and to create better um, plants and harvest. So anyway, he had done so much more after he learned how to commit. Wow, it's it's amazing the path that your career has taken, right? The new people that you're meeting, the new ideas, the new ways to contribute, which is really interesting, right? It is. It's really interesting. Um, You know, I I keep going back. You know, I probably should be going down the book linear style. Mm. I keep going back to um, I'm tossed between loving the leadership metaphors and also the wellness concerns. So uh, we could almost do a whole show just on leadership and a whole show on wellness. Well, because Um, it's so hard to commit when you don't feel good. Yeah. You know, and the wellness aspect, you know, I think people take that for granted, but I think it's huge when you don't feel good. It's really hard to get excited about anything and it's, and it's hard to then really commit and be all in, in your business. Yeah. Um, Well, Let's kind of save it and shotgun as much as we can into the last segment okay. because I have some questions as well. Um, this is just a fantastic uh, show. The book is Mountain Mantras, and you can get it at mountainmantras.com. Our special guest is Catherine Camp Guy-Lay. We have one more segment, so stay with us. We'll be right back. Let Charlie Labosco show you how to revolutionize your presence in the workplace. Charlie is looking to improve the workplace, and by that he means your relevance in it. Charlie has over 40 years in the corporate workplace. 
Nike has seen the unbelievable, mind-boggling, off-the-charts changes in technology, but no real change in our day-to-day and sometimes toxic workplace behavior. Charlie's mission is to revolutionize the workplace by providing the training and the tools needed to lead any organization, regardless of your job description. For more about Charlie and how to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, visit charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Thanks for staying with us, everyone. This is segment three of Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. And our guest today is Catherine Kemp-Dilay, and she is the author of Mountain Mantras, Wellness and Life Lessons from the Slopes. And you can find out more about the book at MountainMantras.com. It's also available on Amazon.com. Sorry, I just mentioned uh, that it was segment four, not three. That's all. Oh, segment four. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I was thinking four and said three. So, Catherine, um, we saw something interesting, and we were going to ask you about it. So when it comes to the presidential candidates, you were saying that you can kind of tell by skiing style, like what type of leadership qualities they have. Is that true? Okay. Well, this is um, this is getting into an area that I don't normally love to talk about, which is politics. You know, it's the whole sex and religion thing as well. But mm-hmm. I will just t- I will tell you a story about Donald Trump, if you guys okay. want to hear it. Okay. So <laughs> I had read that um, his former wife Ivana was she was I think she dated or was married to a like a professional skier. So she was. A I thought she oh, was. I thought she was a professional yeah, skier. Yeah. Or maybe she, yeah, she's just, she's an excellent skier, but she didn't tell him. And mm. then they went off to some resort. And I actually tried to find footage because I really wanted to see what it would, what he would look like um, on skis. <laughs> mm. um, but I didn't, I couldn't find any footage, but I did find some articles about how, how PO'd he was. Like he, you know, because she was so good at it and he wasn't, he was just so missed by not being as good as she was. And so as far as like looking at people's style, yeah. one thing I know I notice about Donald Trump is that he he's the guy that walks into the room and like checks everything out, meaning like the head is swiveling, right? So it's yeah. like going around back and forth, what, you know, who's here, who do I need to, you know, connect with? That's that's his MO. That on the slopes is a disaster because you go for your body is looking, right? Uh, so if your head's yeah. swiveling around, then you're not focused. And you are probably not in control. Um, so I think it's it's just one of those things. It's, um, he will be the only the co- candidate I'll comment on, but um, I, I wouldn't want to be on the slopes with him because of his swivel head style. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually. Uh, no, that would be the same in the car, too, right? <laughs> we, we, we feel the same way, right? We don't like to talk politics either, but that was a really... Uh, it, we were just curious, and that was a great example to share. So thank you for that. That was good. Yeah, that was really good. That was really good. That was really interesting. So taking a step back and going back to wellness, you have, like, I think, a simple formula for just, like, four simple ingredients that will maximize energy and productivity. Can you share those with our listeners? Sure. And what that – so what I talk about ingredients, I just really like to get people thinking about frameworks, meaning I think if you make things too complicated, if you make people follow, you know, recipes, for example, I mean, I, I think recipes are a great place to start when you're just learning how to cook, 
Mm-hmm. But I would love for people to just throw out their recipe books when it comes to every day, you know, you've got a career, you've got a family, and you need to get healthy meals on the, on the table. Um, right. So let's just let's take uh, breakfast, for example, and, and talk about four ingredients for breakfast. And what I like to think, if I'm giving a, a workshop, for example, I'll have a little whiteboard, and I literally will just take a box and then add like a little plus symbol and then another box and a plus symbol, and I'll literally just show that it's like four boxes that add up together to create something that's going to give you a wonderful foundation for your day. And so the first thing I'm going to always tell people is get some protein. Every meal, every snack, you need protein. So that's the first box. And it could be anything that you want. And actually, that's what I like about having it as a box is that some people will say, you know, I want to put peanut butter there, and let, that would be my son. <laughs> and then, you know, somebody else might say, I want Greek yogurt, and that would be my daughter. And that's fine. You know, that's, that's great. Um, but the next box is going to be a whole grain. And so let's just use the breakfast example. In my house, I will just make, say, um, steel cut oats in the morning. And I'm not going to fuss with being a short-order cook for everybody's different tastes. I'll just make one and make it in a rice cooker so I can do it while I'm getting myself ready for the day. Um, steel cut oats, and then everybody uses the steel cut oats as one of the components, and they know how to assemble it. So hmm. we've got protein, we've got whole grains, some kind of fruit or vegetable will be the third thing for breakfast, and then some kind of seasoning, something to make it yummy. And so I'll just give you, I'll give you a, a daughter example. My daughter's name is Elena. And um, an, an Alexander example, that's my son. So my daughter will take protein, Greek yogurt. She'll have the whole grain. She'll have the steel-cut oats. She'll put, you know, banana or raspberry in there. It's her fruits because those are her favorite. And she might put a little bit of, you know, raw um, sugar on there. And that just to make it a little sweet because we don't buy the sweetened, Yogurt, we don't buy, you know, the whole grains doesn't have any sweetening. And maybe the, depending on if the kind of fruit that she has, bananas are probably sweet enough, but that will be her structure. Now, Alexander would look at that and he would go, ew, you know, because they're <laughs> siblings, right? And that's what they do. So Alexander <laughs> would take, uh, he would take peanut butter, mix it in with his oatmeal, then he would add apple because that's his favorite thing in the world, and then he'd put cinnamon in there. Mm-hmm. And so that would be his breakfast. And you know, Elena would look at that and go ill, but that's fine. You know, you don't have, <laughs> you don't have to try to please everybody. I think that's the recipe for failure. That's also empowering, everybody. especially mm-hmm. for children. That's empowering to be able to kind of make your own, knowing the rules. Right. Right. It's pretty right. creative, I think. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, not only is the recipe for disaster to try to please everybody, but it's also not giving choice when you're dealing with children. I mean, that's. Another big takeaway uh, for listeners is if you want to empower your children around wellness, figure out what makes them tick, you know, what motivates them, whether it's energy or doing well in school or, in my son's case, never being fooled by, this, by the food companies. So he's a big, you know, he likes to read ingredients. Um, you know, figure out what makes your kids tick and then educate them in a fun way and then give them a choice. That is, that is the you know, recipe, but I'll just say it's the framework because I said I, I don't like recipes. That's the framework for success with children. Well, and I love the way you did that because it made it like what you said. You're not a short order cook, right? So people go crazy like trying to please everybody. So you have kind of the main components and everybody puts it together themselves. Right. It's, it's like perfect. I get it now, right? Think framework, not recipe. 
Yeah, framework. framework. Yeah, no, yeah. I, yeah, I like that a lot. I like that framework. And you could do that with every single meal. You could do that at breakfast where you have like your main component was the steel cut oats, but maybe at dinner it's chicken and then you have something around that, but then everybody can kind of add to whatever it is that they like, you know, without making you go crazy, but then having something that they like and they enjoy. Plus you could pick up good ideas from each one going forward for yourself. Right. You might not think about it. I know. Yeah, I would have never thought of combining peanut butter and apple and steel-cut oats until my my son did it. You know, it's true. And when I give workshops, what's so fun is... When you're when you have different cultures in the in the room, then they have the different you know um, cultural background in eating, and so then the combinations tend to be based on that, and it's it's really cool to watch. Uh, you know, the protein might be me uh, black beans. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it might be something, right. and, the, and the vegetable might be salsa, and then you put that into you know um, rice, right, which is your whole grains, and you season it with cilantro, and it just it's it's so cool. You just if you use a framework. And are open about it, um, then you can actually you can use your creative your creativity um, many times a day. Yeah, the framework does really make it easy because I do think that people get intimidated, especially when you get a book and it's got the recipes in it, right? And if you don't know how to cook, like Charlie and I know how to cook, and Charlie Charlie's actually the cook in our family, but um, I know how to cook as well. And once you know how to, you know the basics, it's kind of easy to just throw a recipe together. You don't need a recipe to follow it step by step by step. But if you're intimidated by that, just this four-step framework makes such a huge difference. That's also a great idea. That's also a great corporate idea for like a pop-up lunch, learning via this framework and learning about some of the skills that that Catherine teaches in, in there, I think that's a pretty good idea because you'll get all that diverse selections, right? Right, right. And so um, does your website, Mountain Mantras, have also talk about the wellness? Or I know that you have a couple other websites. Why don't you go ahead and share those as well for our listeners? Oh, sure, because um, there's a number of recipe frameworks that if people are interested in taking a look at them, they're going to be at nurtureyourfamily.org. And that ha- that's really an, um, a website for groups, for schools, you know, that want to put a curriculum in place, uh, maybe a cooking school. Um, so that's available. Everything on there is free. And there's uh, a tab. Um, the secondary tab has cooking class resources, and that's going to be where you'll find all the recipe frameworks. There's also another website called HealthyKidsIdeas.com, and that's basically just um, a blog area and recipe area for those people that like recipes, I do provide them there. And for people that want to go um, sort of deep dive into certain things, I might blog about like, oh, if I just did a lesson on sugar and we use sugar cubes to talk about how much is how much sugar is in each item and, and what did the kids, the kids guess and how close were they to the, the pyramid that's inside of a Mountain Dew container, <laughs> you oh, know, and the visuals associated with it. That's all um, at HealthyKidsIdeas.com. You know, oh, you know what we have to do as we start sharing this throughout the week, we'll put the, um, the websites that Catherine just mentioned up front in the, in the, uh, text so that people get them as well. Yeah. That would be, be really a great good. idea. Well, Catherine, thank you so much. What a great show. Um, you had so much great information. We really loved talking to you today. Yeah. Unbelievable. Great, great knowledge, great power, great courage, um, great creativity and an excellent way to communicate. And we love the book. Mountain Mantras, and uh, we strongly recommend that. Mm -hmm. 
Well, thank you so much for having me on the show. And I just think, you know, if there's one takeaway that listeners can um, grasp onto as we, as we talk about reinventing ourselves and reinventing our career is, you know, to move away from the old school ambition and move towards mission. I mean, that's really what it's all about. And if that's, if there's one big takeaway, hopefully from the show, that would be is what I would suggest, a movement from ambition to mission. Excellent. And you know what? I'm taking that myself. Yes, we are. (laughs) Excellent. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of the day, week, and holiday season. And hopefully we'll uh, get back together again soon. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you. Take care. Um, And again, everyone, the book is Mountain Mantras. And you can find out more at mountainmantras.com. And it's Catherine Kemp. Great show. Excellent show. Catherine is really cool. I'm I'm glad we met her on board. So thank you, everyone. Have a great week. And this is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and we will see you next week. Bye, guys. 